Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Philadelphia's Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, three Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Dom time. Now, Dom Giordano. It is uh, Dom time. Happy President's Day, everyone. And I used to give you the top ten presidents, founding fathers. We've had fun with that, particularly the founding fathers. There's often a lot of debate. Thought this year, though, the ten worst presidents. Mr. Jim, fire away. You need order? You need structure? Why even question who to turn to? Dom Giordano tells you what's big and important in today's world. And what order you need to care about it in. It's time for Dom Giordano's Big List. That is right. In uh, 10th position, I have President Obama. Even though the um, scholars had him number seven all time. Obvious reasons, the um, rush on top of uh, the the New Deal and things of that nature we've already had and a previous president. In ninth position, Harding. Biggest thing there, Teapot Dome scandal. In eighth position, Herbert Hoover. You could argue maybe he gets a bit of a bad rap for the Depression. There are any number of other factors, but didn't do a whole lot. To stem the tide. In seventh position, Woodrow Wilson. Stone cold segregationist, even after some progress in America, has a stroke. And the last two years plus, has his wife run the country, maybe through him or maybe not. In sixth position, George W. Bush. I remember 2004. I remember people pushing to get Bush in no matter what. Can't trust the Bushes, illegal immigration, the Iraq war in large measure. In fifth position, Andrew Johnson. All right, a flawed, I mean, a tough spot after the assassination of Lincoln, but a flawed president, to put it mildly. In fourth position, And look, he's been a great guy, a great American post his presidency, but he shouldn't have been president. I have Jimmy Carter. It was a close call with the third. James Buchanan. 
All right. Uh, we had somebody today, Robert of Ben Salem, saying, well, maybe he gets overvalued as far as leading to the Civil War. In second position, uh, the president and Dr. Jill Biden. I'm put them in as a pair since she's uh, apparently, according to an historian today, calling a lot of the shots. And Jim, if you would, the number one worst American president of all time. It should be obvious. Lyndon Baines Johnson. Why is that? Well, look. Biden ineffectual. The inflation that we've experienced. But Lyndon Baines Johnson is a singular destructive force. Gave us the so-called great society. Gave us all these programs that other presidents like Obama just continued to grow. He gave us... Now, FDR, arguably, I get the argument, at least there was some rationale there, Great Depression, whatever. Johnson, though, is the creator of the Goliath of the federal government. It was Johnson more than anybody else. So I'm sticking to Lyndon Johnson as the all-time worst American president. Joe Biden still has time, so we'll see how it goes. You know, the easy shot would have been to put Biden in there as the worst American president. I think Johnson's record is much more destructive. Henry, you had something there? I see. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you there with LBJ. I mean, I always think of him like on uh, Air Force One after uh, JFK had been shot. Yeah. And there's a picture of him kind of like snickering with the rest <laughs> well, of the cabinet. I don't know about snickering, but yeah. Yeah, it's just, well, he always just gave a bad vibe. I, I yeah. also think uh, Warren G. Harding should have been higher. Yeah, I mean, worse. You that, mean, that guy, yeah. yeah, that guy, he literally got elected because they thought he was handsome. They're like, we can well, get this true. guy in office. Yeah, it was the Rose Garden. Uh, Hannah, I think it was Mark Hanna, the guy, just sick in the Rose Garden, the re-election campaign. Um, well, I don't know. Um, Buchanan's pretty bad. And Carter, you know, despite all the great work post-presidency, that absolves it. Henry, inflation and uh, things put together during him, it, it was, he was just ineffectual. He shouldn't have been right. president. Well, it goes back to what I said earlier. That's why I picked Dan Aykroyd, because he just did such yeah. a great Jimmy Carter and just making fun of him and the inflation and saying, well, this yeah. is my fourth time on national TV this week. Before Saturday Night Live was yeah. woke, by the way. Yeah, Harding, though, I'd consider there. There's almost nothing but scandal there. Huge scandal, too. Yeah. All right, so uh, for the rest of the show, you can go ahead and fire in. Hit me on Twitter at DomShow1210. Or when you call in, uh, can you, come on, you cannot tell me that Biden's worse than LBJ. Given another term, though, given some of the things we're seeing and facing, I maintain that Johnson is the architect of, of what really broke down America. Name one of those federal programs out of the whole passel of them that actually are effective. Even Head Start is not an effective program, not at all. And that's one that's often cited. He's the one. Yeah, FDR created out of whole cloth some of these things, put people back to work, et cetera. But I've often thought, and Johnson, just the mere crudity of the man. You know, making your um, underlings, your advisors come in when you're on the toilet to show power over them. I mean, it's like... You know, I mean, even even the power, even the craziness, this guy 
Henry, you're uh, making a face at Google that. You'll see what it is. Just Google Bill Moyer, Toilet Johnson. Moyer's big time progressive. PBS and all that talked about it. He was shocked the first uh, one of the first days on the job. This was an intimidating tactic. Now, LBJ is second to none. I mean, even even among those that are power driven, I still say it's LBJ. All right, let's go to some callers here with Dom. Let's go to uh, Joe in Columbus, New Jersey. Hey, Joe, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Dom. Uh, I have yet to hear anybody hit this aspect of this civil New York lawsuit with Trump. And I like to think it's directed for the people who thought justice was rendered. If there was no victim in this crime, all right, when you, and I'm a realtor. Right. When you, when you enter into an agreement with a lending institution, that's a partnership. Why hasn't anyone considered holding the lending institutions culpable if this, in fact, was a crime? How would you hold I, them? What, what would you charge them with? So you're saying you're following the theory of the case. Others didn't get loans because well, they went along with Trump. Is that what you're? No, no, I'm saying the, the, the loans have to be approved. And yeah. their due diligence includes a, a, um, a, a, an appraisal. And they either stamp the loan approved or not approved. I know it's an oversimplification, but that's what occurs. Now, I know Trump holds, holds, uh, holds a little you know, leverage here in terms of his business capabilities and what he can give him in the future. But that's what the bank is willing to accept or decline as a business partner. Well, wait, wait, so, wait, wait a minute, though. But is it on the lender? Are you saying, if your knowledge of this, if somebody commits fraud, the obvious one was the apartment, 10,000 square feet versus 30 if they sign off on it, um, how would that's they the be culpable? That's the, that's the risk they're willing to take right. as free, free enterprise and a consumer. The, 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 first of all, in my opinion, the government should not be involved. But that's the risk the lending institution takes on and has to answer to its stockholders. Okay, So if Trump is guilty of something, which whether he is or he isn't, that's just a matter of my opinion. If he's guilty of something, so should his business partners, which are the banks, the lending institutions. Yeah, but isn't, Nobody, isn't, Joe, isn't the thing there then that the, uh, the shareholders and others but they made money. They made what they wanted to make. That's why I don't know how you can charge them. Well, the bank the bank's supposed to work in the shareholders' better interest. If they didn't, and the courts proved they didn't, they should have went after them, too. They were equal partners in, in the risk that was taken. Yeah, but again, uh, I unless I missed it, I don't see anybody. That would be up to the shareholders than to file an action or to say we ought to go after the banks if you're a shareholder. Correct. And they didn't. Yeah. Nor did nor did the bank, uh, the lending institutions, go after right. Trump for that. Right. So, I mean, but I'm saying, you know, it's a, it's a hand-holding situation, Trump and the lender. So if you're going to go after Trump, my question is, why didn't you go after the lenders, Mr. District Court? Well. Nobody's talking about that. Right. I hear you. Thank you, Joe. Thanks very much. Um, 855-839. There's no victim here is the bottom line here. It's made up and will continue to be made up. And even the judge, in quotes, said it was a venial sin, not a mortal sin, okay? A venial sin. Those of you that are Catholics, the catechism, remember the milk bottle. A little bit dark in there, not completely engulfed. That's from the judge. So how in the world do you end up with this? Sort of, because it's trumped up. It's weaponized. I don't know about going after the banks and all this. They're looking out of getting more business 
having a friendly loan unless their shareholders complain and say, no, this wasn't in our interest, they'd have to sue. All right, 855-839-1210, you get on board. Hit us with that American president, either played a role or you think would be great playing an American president. How about females? Who is it that you think has the gravitas to do that? By the way, uh, amazing, the uh, NBA had their three-point shooting contest over the weekend. A female from the WNBA uh, scored 26 points. It's a fairly complicated system. You get one for certain shots, then some are two, depending upon, then one's a money ball is three. But Steph Curry won against the female. Sabrina Yanesky. Yeah, and they're going after... um, Kenny Smith, who's a big-time commentator that I like, because he said that, uh, yeah, it was right to make her shoot from the NBA line. She had a bit of an advantage. The WNBA ball is smaller. Now, it's what she usually shoots with. He shot with what he usually shoots with. But trying to make this into something, uh, again, like Bobby Riggs and Billie Jean King or whatever. It wasn't like that. To me, Steph Curry was clearly better. She's a great shooter. And it was, uh, it was a fun event. The thing that look, you look at when you think of uh, this kind of competition, though, even with this, I think Curry had the advantage. A little bit hard for her to shoot from the NBA line, get tired over the course of shooting. Imagine a male playing like Steph Curry in the WNBA. I mean, it's ridiculous. Again, it comes back to men and women's sports more than anything else. But it was, uh, it was an, a lot of pressure on him, too, I think. All right, phone lines, 855-839-1210. So today, 82 years ago, FDR, this executive order, 9066, and yet that's not the first line in his memory. It ought to be among the first couple of lines. It's a shocking thing to imprison, with no due process, millions of Americans. But we take a look back, and we take a look at what the country was facing at that point. You can make some justification for that. So if you can do that with FDR and give him a clean slate, why is it other American presidents don't get that? One of the reasons, they're not progressives. They're not big-time Democrats like FDR. That's why he gets a pass. That's why he's still up there in the top five, usually, of surveys of American presidents. All right, you can hit me, too. What do you think of that list? LBJ, worst American president. I know we're living recency bias through Biden. But LBJ set the tone for, and that's, what, 55, 54 years ago. He set the tone for where we are today. He's the one that created these federal programs, dozens of them, that still exist, never to go away. I would argue what he set up was destructive, particularly for African-American families. It goes back to LBJ. Yeah, Biden doesn't know what he's doing, set off inflation, the Afghanistan withdrawal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So he's right there, and he's on his way to uh, infamy, to put it mildly. All right, the others, you know, you can move them around a little bit. I get that. There have been some bad American presidencies. 
I'll play you a little bit of sound, too, in case you missed it. Trump at SneakerCon. The uh, $3.99 sneakers have sold out. There was only 1,000 pairs in them, but still, that's pretty good. The gold, they're ghastly looking. Come on. Are people going to be wearing that? Maybe. Uh, the red and the white are doing pretty well. I think they're one ninety nine or in that range. All right, eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It is job time. Happy President's Day, everyone. I uh, clipped this story today, the business section of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Can you make the case? Because it's a whole array of things with the Biden administration as far as overregulation and how much impact, particularly in Pennsylvania, because... This is a pretty big bill. The Philadelphia Water Department. And the Philadelphia Water Department, apparently, if you're out there in parts of Bucks, Montgomery, Delaware counties, it serves over 2 million people, including uh, those counties, by drawing water from the Schuylkill and Delaware rivers and cleaning it to EPA drinking water standards. So this is not just Philadelphia. It's the other three counties, too doesn't reach to Chester County. They say if the Biden regulators get their way about what level they will accept the Biden EPA, our water bills, and it's not just one year, would increase $265 a year under the proposed rule. Biden really going to do that as we head into the election with Pennsylvania in play? I mean, I don't remember a water bill gone up, you know, usually it's this, that, a little bit. They try to, you know, nickel and dime you and do it every year. And this wouldn't be just one year. 265 bucks, aren't people going to, whoa, wait a minute. Who did that? The Biden administration. Does it give you a little bit of a foot in the, the door to talk about All the other regulations, the gas stoves, the showers, the toilet flow, every other thing that they want to be involved in up and down the line. And this is the Philadelphia Water Department saying, it's not me. They're the ones complaining about it. They're the ones that have to then tell consumers why they're charging them $265 more. Uh, And you could say it's not the end of the world, but you keep on getting hit with something like that year after year to please these people just as they sing your thing. And you multiply that. This gets into the thousands of year just due to various forms of regulation. 
Uh, if this goes, I mean, this is what they want to do. My eye is just toward anything here in Pennsylvania that's going to be a tipping point, even the smallest, toward thinking about what you're voting on with people. All right, 855-839-1210, you get on board. I did see a good interview with Laura Trump over the weekend, and I think she will be one of the co-chair of the RNC to talk about what they're going to put their money on, how much money they need to raise, et cetera. But I still didn't hear from her, and then President Trump kind of attacked it again. She said we ought to be legally. Now, this was an uptick from Laura Trump. Interview with Maria Bartiromo said we ought to be legally where you can legally harvest ballots. And that's exactly right. She was talking about early voting or she was talking about other states, swing states, where it is legal under certain um, manner, shape or form to harvest ballots. Mail-in balloting is just another form of that. Got to get on this. Each day that goes by with this kind of um, one step forward, one step back on mail-in balloting is stupid. It's what has to be done. It's not going to go away from now. If we win enough places and enough ways, shapes, or forms, maybe you can roll it back. But for now, it's the tool to win. And I'm starting to wonder how many people out there are still reluctant to sign off on this. You do realize the other side will have the advantage then. The other side's going to use this. Now, in the same way you have to play offense and have an all-out mail-in ballot, you have to play defense, and this is even harder, and have enough resources and enough people to challenge things that may be illegal or are in the gray area that have to be challenged. It's going to take a lot of resources. It's going to take at least a few billion dollars. I would say to win Pennsylvania, I'm not comfortable unless you're spending close to three quarters of a billion in Pennsylvania. I know that seems enormous. That's what you got to do. You're going to see the Trumps here more. Biden seems like somebody's here every other day. All right, let's go to, uh, let's go to, uh, let's go to, let's go to Dave. I don't know if he agrees with me or not about LBJ in Newtown Square. Hey, Dave, afternoon to you. Thank you. Thank you, Dom. Uh, yes, I agree. Uh, LBJ was the absolute worst. And I told you, I told you, screener, he was so bad that even he knew he was bad and decided not to run. Yeah, I mean, the, and, and the, the combination here of the political force that he was to get things through. You have a lot of people that want to do these things, but he knew how to do it, and he did it, and we're still doing it today. You're absolutely right. He was just the worst president in, in my memory anyway. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, who's your uh, president? Who's your actor that could play a president? Uh, my actor is Frederick March, and he was in a movie called Five Days in May. Yes. Which was um, Burt Lancaster, uh, Kirk Douglas, and Frederick March. 
Yeah, there were three or four character actors in there, too, and there was Ava Gardner. Yes, you're right. You're exactly right. Yeah, so I, that's, a, that's, that's a, my candidate. That is a great one. Henry, you can put that on your list, uh, Seven Days in May. It's a coup plot, and the Seven Days in May play around the Preakness uh, race. It's a coup to take over the government. Frederick Mark plays the president, and Burt Lancaster plays the general. And Ava Gardner is the love interest in it. But it's beautifully done. I mean, for that period of time, really good film. That's a good choice. All right, so 855-839-1210, you get on board. I want to play this one more time so I don't forget, because people on President's Day particularly, this will be cut for Jim, listen at various times. We're talking about presidents. Here is a, a story in Douglas Brinkley. Now, this guy is one of those stuffed shirts. John Meacham here, Michael Barslos, they talk to Biden. They fill his head up with nonsense. He's going to be a significant American president. Based on what in his background? So spend, Joe. Spend as much as LBJ. Do what FDR did. Listen to what he said over the weekend on uh, CBS, talking about First Lady Jill Biden and why Biden's going to continue on. It's not just him. It's Dr. Jill Biden. Jill Biden, the first lady, has been out front working with the president, uh, urging supporters to rally behind him. Do you believe she's a vital part of this campaign? She is the vital part. Dr. Jill Biden is it. You know, if you go back to 1952, Harry Truman could have run and he didn't. Why? Well, the Korean War and, you know, other but. But Bess wanted to go back to independence. The, the, you know, she, she didn't like it in Washington. If you cut to 68, uh, Lyndon Johnson was quit in March of 68. And people say because of Walter Cronkite. No, the big thing was his health was bad. He had a bad heart. He was smoking, high blood pressure, tension. And Lady Bird Johnson didn't want to stay in it. He wanted, let's go back to Texas and convinced Johnson to step down. So the Truman, I'm giving you two, Truman could have stayed on and Johnson. And they both said, no, it's because their wives, their spouse said enough. That's not the case with Joe Biden. She likes power. She wants to stay. She wants some sense of revenge. She wants some sense of revenge. Well, what, what does Dr. Jill Biden have a sense of revenge for? What has anybody done to the Bidens? I mean, latest news just over this uh, holiday weekend. You have the brother involved with fronting this uh, hospital group with all kinds of problems again and pointing back to Joe Biden again in some way. Another investigation will be needed. I don't think the brother has uh, been under scrutiny nearly enough. You hear that? She's a, she likes power. She wants to be there. So she's willing to push him out there to continue on with this. He wants to do it, apparently. She definitely does. And she wants revenge. Revenge to whom and for what? What does Dr. Jill Biden want? All right, coming up, our buddy Beth Ann Rossica. You hear a lot about banned books, particularly during Black History Month. We had a guy on who nationwide looked at what we pay for as taxpayers at uh, school libraries to see what books were in there and what were the books that were so-called banned. And what they found is just 
almost no books that anybody would say are moderate to conservative, and every book in there, transgendered stuff, racial divisiveness stuff, and just progressive authors. Uh, Beth Ann Rossica then looked at, I believe it's 12, she'll tell us in a moment, area high schools of note. These are ones that spend a lot of money. They're very prominent. And she'll give us an idea of what books do they have in there? These are the people, the first bunch, these liberal, wealthy suburban school districts accusing people of book banning. All right, constantly with that. Who is it that is really banning books? If you never buy them, if you never even have any different, no, we don't even have to debate that. We're not going to do it. Is that not the most effective form of book banning? She'll lay it out and take more of your calls. Uh, a lot of people are agreeing with me. Oh, I see a potential winner as the actor here, too, who played a president. They're agreeing with me. LBJ is the worst American president ever. I know Biden. You got to say Biden if you're a talk show. No, no, no. It's LBJ. All right. Uh, Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. And I really like the FanDuel app to do all this stuff. Because that FanDuel app, just go to FanDuel.com slash Dom and shoot your shot, is very easy to use. Just, just do that for me, though. FanDuel.com slash Dom, D-O-M. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 1210 WPHD. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. You have to be 21 plus, present in Pennsylvania. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. Dom Giordano Show, welcome in. Getting a lot of uh, people on Twitter and email uh, agreeing with the LBJ. Some... uh, accusing me of saying, eh, I don't know about that. It's outside the box. I think I made my case. Beth Ann Rossica is frequent guest because she does groundbreaking research, thought process, writing often at Broad and Liberty. She's got a piece up. We had this guy on The Truth About Banned Books, the author James Fishback, you may remember, surveyed the library catalogs for 35 of the largest public school districts in eight red and six blue states. What I discovered, not so much a problem, he says, of banned books. It's that the kids are often exposed to only one side of the story. Now, it's one thing knowing that in your heart of hearts, and it's another to actually go out there and prove it, looking at some of the wealthiest, most prominent, I don't know if I'd say best or not, that's a matter of taste, school districts in our area. Nationwide's one thing. But to do it right here where we all live, pay taxes for these places, um, for example, in Bucks County, uh, Bethann looked at Central Bucks, Penbridge School District, and Pensbury School District. That uh, Pensbury is public enemy number one to me, their school board. So let's go to uh, Bethann Roska and see what she found here on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Bethann, great idea, great work. I hope it didn't uh, consume uh, 
you know, you were able to do this in an easy manner, but it's quite a task. Well, thanks so much, Tom, for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And I did have some help. We have an editorial assistant at Broad and Liberty who helped me do some of the research with the school districts. All of the catalogs are online, so it's just a matter of going through and looking up each of the books. But it was a very important exercise, and I'm, I'm very happy that I did it because, to your point, it's one thing to read that this is what's happening nationally, but to know that it's happening in your own school district and really in all of the school districts here in the collar counties, I shouldn't have been surprised, but I will say that I was in fact surprised at just how skewed the balance was between very progressive books and really the complete lack of conservative or even moderate thinking thinkers books in the libraries. Yeah, so um, all right, my buddy uh, Ibram X. Kendi, and listeners start to know him by now, the guy that gets $50,000 for just saying hello at an event, apparently, how to be an anti-racist uh, to somebody like uh, John McWhorters, who is a brilliant guy that I've had on Woke Racism. You see right there, they're not interested. It's, it, the, the racial book, I got the transgender, we'll get to that in a moment, why they're so sensitive and why they would do that. So the question is this, I think a large measure of this is driven by the librarians. There are others, and people think these activist librarians, they never in a million years, but the uh, people that run libraries have changed. Beth Ann? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, you cut out for a second, I apologize. Can you hear me okay, Don? Oh yeah, yes. Okay, great. Well, so I think the librarians are, are one step of the puzzle, but it's, they're really the end point of why things are the way that they are. I mean, you have to go back to the teachers' unions. You have to go back to the library association. You have to go back to where the money is coming to, to put these books in the library. There are groups that offer packages of books to librarians. So you don't just buy one book, you buy a set and it's a set of 10 and something like Gender Queer or Felix Ever After are in that set of books. And they, they have an agenda that they are absolutely positively trying to push. And one of the things that I thought about after writing this article was, we need more conservative groups offering grants to school libraries to fill their you know shelves with the other perspective, because the progressive groups that have the money are absolutely pushing these types of books into the library. And in some cases, librarians are picking and choosing these books, but in other cases, they're just coming in in these packages and they're just putting them up on the shelves. That's genius. So they get the books that they want, a couple of them. They give you some that are not suspect of anything. It kind of reminds me of what they're doing in election cycles. Last week, Beth Ann, we talked about in Bucks County how this one uh, Democrat front group to get people to register in that special election mail-in ballot was offering them free manicures, pedicures, vaping, and even right. a chance on a, a giant couch. And here, right. we're sitting here. <laughs> I, I didn't know that, but that makes sense. Here's a package, and in there are what they really want to get on those shelves. Exactly. So um, the racial books, um, that's one thing. Uh, the next level, of course, you mentioned this new one. I don't know anything about the uh, uh, lawn boy is my favorite when we talk about these of what they put into the schools. 
But this um, this Felix book, what's that about? I mean, it's just like all of the other books, whether it's gender queer or lawn boy. I mean, it's basically a book that talks about if as a girl you felt like you were forced to wear dresses and play with dolls when you were young, then you're probably transgender. I mean, it's just feeding into the social contagion that is happening around this transgender movement. And I do believe that a lot of that contagion is happening. It started as a result of school closures and kids being locked away in their houses and forced to do anything that they wanted to do socially on the internet. And all of these websites, these TikTok, all of this social media really glamorize this transgender movement. And all of a sudden we have you know, thousands and thousands of kids thinking, hey, maybe I'm transgender. And so now we have all of these books in the library, again, glorifying uh, this, this action or these decisions. And so our kids are more confused than ever. So Felix Ever After is just another one of those types of books. And I have to say that I was shocked on this one, that 100% of those 12 districts that I looked at, every single school district had that book in their library and, and in the high school library, I'll qualify yeah. that, but still in, in the library. And yet the other two books that I mentioned, uh, trans and irreversible damage, those are two best selling books that talk about the skepticism around the rise of the transgender identification. And no, those books are nowhere to be found. And so that is what I find particularly disappointing. And to your point, these very wealthy school districts, very wealthy, you know, lots of highly educated families that live within these districts. And yet we are refusing to present two sides of an argument. So if a child is confused, all the books that they have at their access are in support that, yes, they're absolutely transgender. There's nothing there to offer a counter argument that maybe they're just confused or maybe there's just something else going on. And I think that our schools are really doing our children a disservice by only presenting one side of the argument. And again, to the point that they have resources, here are the 12 school districts. And uh, again, these are beautifully chosen. Central Bucks, Penridge, Pensbury, and Bucks County. Chester County, you have Downingtown, Great Valley, Westchester. In Delaware County, Haverford, Marble Newtown, and Radnor. In Montgomery County, North Penn, Perky Omen Valley, and Saturday. And most of these, the school boards <laughs> have made their way to Talk Radio 1210 to be in the news, particularly uh, Pensbury, or Central Bucks, Pensbury, uh, Westchester. You were involved, I think, in some of that. Haverford, Radnor. Yeah. Um, Perky Omen Valley recently with the bathroom thing. So these are the ones we periodically hear about. And again, people think this stuff is just happening in the cities. These are suburban school districts with a lot of resources. Exactly. And, and, I, and I did specifically pick districts that had been in the news or there had been some noise around things that were going on. But I do think that most parents, even even if you're a very liberal, progressive parent who, you know, believes and supports Ibram Kinde or supports, um, you know, the transgender movement, I would think that as an educated person, you would want both perspectives to be in the library. Maybe I'm naive, maybe I'm, you know, over, have too high of expectations, but I, I, this is not about 
you know, let's limit the number of books in the library. And that's always been my position. I'm not asking anybody to take books out of the library. Parents should be aware of what's in the library. And if they don't want their kids to read it, then they should have the ability to know and opt their kids out. But at the same time, I think it's really important that as a public school, because our taxpayer dollars are funding these schools and these library books, we have a responsibility and an obligation to present both sides of the story so that we are teaching kids how to think and not what to think. But based on these library selections, we are clearly intending to teach kids what to think and not how to think on their own independently. Yeah, maybe the most glaring to Bethlehem Rossica with us, not just the hot buttons, you knew going in that race and transgender, but just the political books, the Obama's books approach 90 percent in a lot of these school districts that they're there. But then conservative thinkers, and not a Trump book or anything, but just the you know routine random conservative thinkers that are pretty much on the mainstream, they're very hard to find. Yes, and it's interesting because in Fishback's original article, he had a couple of Trump books in his list, and I purposely removed those from my analysis, knowing how people in southeastern PA feel about yep. Trump, generally speaking. So I thought, well, that's an outlier. I'm not going to even look at that. But you're absolutely correct. Um, and, and what was interesting about the Obama's books is that I was not at all surprised that Barack Obama's book you know, was available in the majority of school districts. He was the first African-American president of our country. So that certainly makes sense. What I thought was more interesting was that Michelle Obama's book was in 83% of our school districts. And yet none of these other conservative thinkers, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, Vivek Raswami, Mike Pompeo, Ron DeSantis, none of these books were available in the library. So to your point, it's fine that we have both Obama books in the library, but there certainly should be some alternative perspectives offered to students. Absolutely. What's the response to this? Well, I know it's relatively new that you put it out there, but this does for parents, and people can find this at Broad and Liberty. You can see your own school district in a breakdown. It does for parents just something that is glaring that's overwhelming. Uh, you know, you think somebody has to respond to something in these school districts based on this. Well, it's interesting. So I have had a number of parents reach out to me and several of them said, I'm sending this article to my local school board because I want an explanation as to why this is happening. Now, I will tell you, Dom, that my expectation is that most school board members are probably completely unaware that this is the case in their library. I mean, back, I was involved in that debacle in Westchester, you know, many years ago where the school board president at the time, Chris McCune, stood up at a school board meeting and, and yelled loudly, that book, and he was referring to gender queer, has never been in one of our libraries. In the meantime, it was in fact in two of our libraries and the superintendent had removed it for purposes of evaluation. But my point here is to illustrate that many school board directors are not aware, and I, I hope that this will serve as a wake-up call to our school boards to start asking questions of our libraries and of our faculty at these schools to say, we have an obligation to present both sides of the story. And I gave a really good example because 
two of the books that I looked at, the 1619 Project, which many people are familiar with, a very right. progressive view. And then there was a critique of that book called the 1619 Project, a critique. And again, the majority of school districts had the 1619 Project, but they didn't have the critique of that. And that to me was such a red flag because, again, we should be offering two sides of the story and school board directors should be asking and demanding answers as to why our library collection is so completely one-sided. Exactly. And uh, another point with this, that's why the school board, I think, should, and I realize some issues are very difficult to deal with, but uh, if people ask them a question, are you aware of this? How did this happen? They ought to be able to answer right there uh, at the next school board meeting and say, no, I'm not aware. Here's what we're going to do. Or I am aware and I stand behind it. Or I'm aware and I'm doing something about it. You've got to be some exchange. You can't go to these school board meetings. Absolutely. This is is a simple yes or no. Right. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, parent after parent. I mean, I've sat through hundreds of school board meetings. I talk to parents locally all over the country. You show up, you make your comment, you ask a question, and there is no obligation to follow up. And the school board members don't even respond to any of these questions. So absolutely, there should be an opportunity to get questions answered. And so I hope that, you know, these parents who have reached out to me and said that they were going to send this article to their school district, to their school board, I hope that they do. Because Again, I want this to be a conversation. My point in writing this is not to call out these districts as, you know, being horrible places, but it is to raise awareness to hopefully change the trajectory of what is happening. I would be thrilled if a school district looked at this and said, you know what, maybe we need to do an analysis. Maybe we need to, you know, make a more concerted effort mm-hmm. to have some other materials in the library to balance things out. That is my hope and my goal. I have to say I'm not overly optimistic that that's going to happen, but I will be thrilled if it does, if even in just a few districts. Great work. Thank you, Beth Ann. People can find this at Broad and Liberty. Uh, Beth Ann Rossica, thank you as always. Thank you so much, Dom. Have a great day. All right. That's uh, Beth Ann. Uh, just wonderful work. Ask your local school district about it. Get the material and go. All right, more calls coming up on Talk Radio 1210. Dom to your show. Great stuff from uh, Beth Ann. Coming up in the 2 o'clock hour. Henry's on the phone, but uh, I'll send it to you, Henry. Uh, Elizabeth Warren is on this uh, show that's kind of a um, Obama podcast and asked about who are the people you'd like to get high with the most and have fun? Wait until you hear this list from Elizabeth Warren in her voice, too. Oh, my God. Joe Biden's on it. I'll tell you that. All right. Uh, Kevin in Bucks. Hey, Kevin, good afternoon. Who's your uh, president today or somebody who played a president? Uh, well, first of all, I thought um, your top one would be W.W. Woodrow Wilson. So you caught me off guard. Well, Wilson is, yeah, I could have put him up there higher. You're exactly right. He's got a lot. Yeah. But I just think LBJ was skillful in the uh, evil, if you will, he created. You're right. You're much more gooder at it. I was thinking of, uh, I was hearkening back to the uh, the HBO TV show of uh, Boardwalk Empires. Ah, right. yes. So, yeah. All right. So with regards to, all right. So, unfortunately, Dan's not there today. 
and her circling back to not safe for work, Howard A. Stern sucks.com. Okay. Thank you very much. <sighs> All right. Fair enough. It's no, no big deal. Okay. 855-839-1210. Coming up, Henry, I sent you that. If you get, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, Elizabeth Warren from Media talking on this podcast. Who is it you'd like to get high with? Uh, I don't know how many choices they gave her. It's an amazing list. She said, these are the same people I'd like to get a pedicure with. All right, we'll play you that. We have um, Dom's Money Melody, $50 gift card to Metro Diner, all coming up in a big 2 o'clock hour. Dom Giordano, weekdays 9 till noon on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.